Hello and welcome back to another episode of League Talk. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about conflict. Now, for those of you who don't know, this is both audio and video now. So this, basically, if you're listening to this on audio, you can see it on my YouTube channel and see my face. That's about it. That's the only difference. And if you're listening to this on the video, you can find this on all major podcasting platforms. So let's get into it. I hope you guys are going to enjoy this one. Again, this is the more educational side of it, the midweek one, that tends to be more to do with uh, teaching, learning, from my experience, from the university work and the studies that I've done, as well as the the full-time job that I have in business development and the six, seven years of coaching experience I've had in traditional sports. So, conflict. Why is this a podcast and why is this going to be something that's of interest? Well, the important thing is that this will always happen. Conflict in all walks of life is going to exist. And whether you like it or not, it's going to have to be something to deal with. So learning about it is going to be something that helps you whether you're a solo queue player, a teammate, a manager, or just anyone in general, really. Learning how to deal with it and learning how to navigate your way around it is going to be good. Now, this will be aimed at those three groups that I spoke about. Solo queue players, uh, teams, and managers. And throughout, it'll be, it won't be split into the, that manner, but throughout there will be themes that um, and examples that relate to those aforementioned sections. So let's get into it. Section number one. Now, conflict is to do with frame of reference. Now, this is a really important term, and that's something that can be changed. So, frame of reference is to do with the perception that we have of a subject. So, it could be your frame of reference on whether or not um, TJ Dillashaw's fight should have been uh, stopped as early as it was. It could have been your frame of reference as to whether or not Fnatic should have lost um, due to the pause that went on for so long. Or, you know, there's loads of different things to do with it. it it's to do with your opinion. Um, and the sort of way that you understand a situation. So changing or altering a frame of reference can cause conflict to fizzle out or even dissipate in some scenarios. Um, So section one is going to be all to do with understanding the reality of conflict. Now, the perception of conflict is so important as conflict has many negative connotations and always can be seen as that way and is always perceived that way. Um, It's always perceived as a bad thing. But the really important thing to remember, and this is why understanding the reality of conflict is going to be important, is that conflict can be both positive and negative. Now, conflict as a whole for a lot of people has that negative sort of demeanor to it. It it means negativity and breeds it. Um, And for those people, you will agree with the guy called DeDrew, D-R-E-U. Now, he suggests that conflict is always negative and will always lead to detrimental effects. Um, so no matter what the situation is, if you have conflict, it's going to be bad. Now, the positive outcomes are outweighed by the negatives of conflict, according to Didrew. And uh, that's a really interesting topic and something that not many people will understand or necessarily agree with. It's something that um, the moment you deal with the idea of uh, ends and means so the end is the destination the means is how you get to that destination maybe that sort of opinion of it's always negative will dissipate but we're going to get into that so positives and the positives of conflict which to some can seem like sort of a contradiction there's a guy called Tjoswold and I hope I'm pronouncing that right I believe he's Scandinavian it's spelled T-J-O-S-V-O-L-D now he disagrees with Dedreu Um, And he says that conflict is inevitable. Now, that's something that I echoed in my introduction to this podcast and this video. But it is something that I strongly believe in. No matter what, conflict will occur. 
um, just because of humanity, just because of the way our brains work. And conflict isn't always going to be something massively like there's not going to be middle fingers thrown around or F-bombs dropped, anything like that. It can be defined as just a disagreement. It's generally on the more serious side of a disagreement. Um, but I don't think it always has to be that way. Now, he says that if it's handled correctly, and this is the really, really key thing, it can lead to extremely positive outcomes. Now, handling it correctly is is something that we'll, we'll, we'll get into in section two of the podcast. Um, but therefore, it should be understood and managed appropriately. appropriately. And that's what we're going to get into a little bit later. But the whole idea of positive conflict stems from discussion being a positive thing and overall a learning process, which is something that I strongly believe in. That open channel of communication um, and having a discussion with someone, understanding their point of view, their frame of reference, which links back to what we spoke about earlier, is something that's going to be really important. Now, for teams, this is something really important because... um, a lot of the time conflict will occur in esports teams because of disagreements and that is just going to be something that you know people prefer one way of playing the game to another so matter the skt support currently is known to want to play the game in a certain way uh, arguably mythy is apparently like that as well the new origin support but there's lots of different ways that you can play league of legends and can play dota i'm sure and csgo i'm sure but a lot of the time that is where the discussion and the conflict will stem from so having that frame of reference to understand that that conflict, that discussion is going to be positive because it will help you overall. It could be changing a frame of reference. It could be just hashing it out. A lot of the time it's better not to have things stored up here and it is better to have them out in the open. But we're going to get into that a little bit more now. So the next section is to do with solving conflict. Now that seems to be sort of a contradiction to what I just said, but there are scenarios where solving conflict is going to be something that you have to deal with. So understanding that conflict is not always bad can lead us onto ways to diminish negative conflict and aid positive conflict, or in some circumstances, solve it altogether. Now, conflict resolution is something that the main proponent of this in terms of academia or academics is to uh, a couple of guys called Rubel and Thomas. Now, they came up with this in the sort of mid-1900s. I believe it's 1960-something, 1970-something. I could be completely wrong. I've got it somewhere, but I didn't think that was particularly important. So they come up with five ways to deal with conflict. The first way is called forcing. Now I remember this as F-C-A-C-A. So it's forcing is the first one. And this is to do with forcing your opinion on a matter. Now people might say something along the lines of, don't question my judgment. Now the reason this is the case is because you believe so strongly that this is the right thing to do, that you force your opinion on someone else. Now that is, on first glances, probably negative, And obviously to each of these there is a negative and there is a positive. But forcing your opinion on someone probably isn't the right way to go about it. Um, There's probably a better way to do it. But if you know your opinion is correct um, and you know whether it's from experience, whether it's from study, whatever it may be, um, maybe trying to get someone to understand that is a better way of doing it. But the first way to deal with conflict is forcing. In managerial positions it could be, I'm the boss, this is what I would like you to do, therefore I pay your wages and you're going to do it. That is an example of forcing your opinion on someone else. Now, the second way to solve conflict, according to Rubel and Thomas, is to do with collaboration. This is collaborating. Now, this is a bit of a difficult one to understand to begin with, but the aim of collaborating is to find the best solution. Um, And that could mean you hash it out, have a discussion, have that conflict, um, and find out what is the best way to do it. So that could be, I believe in A, the person next to me believes in B, 
But through our discussion, we have come to the conclusion that A is the right way to do it. We collaborate to get to that solution. So it could be that my, my uh, solution is better than someone else's because we've had that discussion. Now, this is generally perceived as the best one out of the lot. It's also a subjective thing, so who really knows? But collaborating could also be just collaborating together in terms of understanding certain things, talking about certain things, and you come to some sort of uh, solution together. So it might not be A, it might not be B, it might be C, it might be that you've spoken together and figured out that actually the third solution is the better one rather than yours or the other person's. Now the next way is to do with avoiding. Now this is generally perceived as absolutely the worst one to do because if you avoid things they generally fester and they get worse. So avoiding that might be something along the lines of it's not my problem I'm not going to deal with it. Your avoiding of the scenario is letting it be resolved without your input. Now first glances this is awful if you avoid a situation, it will get worse. That is generally the perceived way of doing it. But if it's not something that you have anything to do with, for example, if you are the support player for a team um, and your top laner and your coach are getting in uh, an argument with each other, in some scenarios, it's best not to step in. It's best to remove yourself, avoid that situation. That could be to avoid because it's going to be a negative one on you. It could be because if you step in, these two people are going to start having a go at you. There's loads of different reasons why avoiding could be a positive thing. Now the next one is another C, it is compromising. Um, and that's to do with compromising parts of what you want. So you give in a little bit and you take a little bit. So you compromise on a decision, but it could be you compromise altogether, who knows. It, it, again, the reason this is, this is such a difficult one is because it's situational based. So you compromise, you take parts of uh, person B's argument and add it into person A's argument. That's a good way of compromising. And we compromise in our day-to-day. -day. There's often that meme that's like, uh, my girlfriend wanted a cat, I wanted a dog, so we compromised and got a cat. That's, that's sort of a way of compromising, not quite what Rubel and Thomas had in mind here. And then the last one, another A, is accommodating. Now this is you giving up everything and giving into exactly what they want. So me being person A, I think I'm right, but person B is stalwart and he's 100% convinced that their way of doing it is the right way. So person A gives in, I give in, and person B takes all of it. I accommodate person B's wants. So those are the five ways that Rubel and Thomas break down conflict resolution. Now, it's a really difficult one. There are positives and negatives to it always. Um, but the reason it's so difficult is because um, solving conflict is super difficult even when it's just two people. Often what can be helpful on the other hand, and this isn't something that Rubel and Thomas talk an awful lot about, if at all, is a mediator. Now a mediator will assess both sides, and this is often someone in a management scenario. So if we take it into eSport, it could be that the mid laner and the top laner are arguing as to what lane is better to gank at minute six, let's say. Or what lane is better to give all the resources to. Is it better to give it to Jax or is it better to give it to Oriana, Mauzahar, a mid laner? So often what that manager will be is it will be a coach, it could be a team manager, it could be an analyst, it could be anyone who's in a management scenario, a management position. Um, and what they will do is they will assess both sides and try and help these two conflicting personalities come to a better uh, standpoint, come to a better conclusion. One in which maybe is accommodated, maybe is compromised, maybe they collaborate or maybe he forces what he believes the right thing to be. But mediators can often be really helpful and this is something for managers. Now, using techniques like Rubel and Thomas's will help if the conflict is negative, but don't forget conflict can be positive. 
One thing they don't account for is letting conflict occur. And again, using this mediator in this scenario to turn the discussion into a positive one. This is to do with frame of reference once more. In conflict, and you know, if the conflict is going in a positive direction, allowing this to occur and making sure that it's controlled and is moving in a positive direction can be a great thing. And it will help people develop, it will help develop personalities, it will help de develop understandings. There's loads of different reasons why letting this, as long as it's in a controlled, positive fashion occur, will be positive. Now, that's something that Rubel and Thomas don't take into account, but mediators is something that I believe that managers should be able to uh, step into that role rather than getting someone outside so maybe if you and your mate are arguing getting another mate to do it isn't always the best way to do it taking this sort of neutral approach that a manager should be able to take is always going to be something positive now section three i've given all this theory i've backed it up with the guys the positives the negatives the droge oswald we've got rubel and thomas all this sort of stuff can be a bit boring but how do we actually apply this now, this is something that's really, really difficult. Again, I've echoed this throughout the whole podcast. And this is mainly because conflict is so subjective. It's based on opinion. Uh, and that's something we spoke about earlier. It's frame of reference. Um, it's a situation by situation process. And therefore, there's no cookie cutter. And one is likely to make mistakes. So you could go into a scenario trying to force your opinion. And that completely backfires. What you should have done is compromised. Maybe that's a scenario that could occur. But... Whilst avoiding is normally perceived as a negative technique, there are potentially uh, better ways of doing it, as I said. Um, potentially it is the worst out of the five, but let's talk about why avoiding could be positive and let's apply this to solo queue. Now, solo queue is obviously one of the most difficult scenarios to find yourself in. It's nothing like real life. It's nothing like any reality I've ever been a part of. People are keyboard warriors. They're horrible. They're tilted, all these sort of different things. But in solo queue, this is probably one of the best approaches. So for the average solo queue player, the reason why this might be great is because not talking to those who are tilted or angry is a good choice in a given scenario. Maybe accommodating works, but let's focus on uh, let's focus on not using accommodating and using avoiding. If we avoid someone, not only does it not bring us down, and by avoiding I mean slash mute in all chat um, and making sure that mute all. Sorry, I'm still really ill from the last podcast as well. But making sure that no one is being spoken to, you can't see any of the negativity is sometimes a really good way to do it. Remember, you're not going to see these people potentially again after this. There's, there's no way that if you're in silver or gold, the chances of you having the same person on your team four times in a row is really going to happen. Maybe in Challenger it's slightly different. But avoiding the conflict and avoiding these this negativity is not only going to put you in a better headspace but you don't end up accidentally riling the other person up maybe forcing is really good as well um, and if you know exactly what the best option is you know you've got two inhibs down and for some reason the other team are running it down mid trying to get these uh, other you know there's nothing down the middle lane so why not go into the top lane to get the inhib and to finish the game by having three inhibs down and flooding the base with minions and super minions but doing that without a fifth man can be really difficult. So if you group as four in top and someone gets picked off mid, you get engaged on it's a 5v4, potentially you lose. Um, that's a really difficult scenario, which is why I think avoiding is often the best way of doing it. If you can communicate with people, obviously communicate. But this is a scenario in which everyone's so tilted that they don't want anything to do with winning. Their focus on is just being not a very good human being. But the thing to remember is it's going to be difficult different in every scenario and there is no cookie cutter and that's like life it's like fitness it's like exercise it's like nutrition it's like 
you know, meditation. Potentially it's like your desk. Maybe my desk is an absolute mess right now. I won't show you, but it is a mess. And maybe today that cookie cutter didn't work for me, but let's apply this to managers. Managers will have to use a bunch of different tactics to deal with conflict. And for said manager, being that mediator is a key attribute to pick up. Anyway, we've applied this to solo queue, we've applied this to teams, we've applied this to team managers um, and those in management positions. The three sections were understanding the reality of conflict. It's both positive and negative. There's ways of solving it, diminishing it, or aiding positive conflict, in which Rubel and Thomas gave us five ways to deal with it. And then there's applying it, like really getting into it and really understanding how we apply them, uh, the five Rubel and Thomas ways, really understanding when is the right place to put them in, um, and understanding that mediation is something that's really important. It's an important attribute for managers, but it's also a really important attribute for players as well. Maybe there's this time where I need to be the mediator and I'm not the manager, I'm the top laner. Maybe that is a scenario that does exist. But to conclude further, I believe that conflict will occur. I'm in the Chosfold camp, um, and I agree with him in this scenario. Therefore, to deal with it in the proper way is always going to be a good asset for either a solo queue player, a manager, or a teammate. Mediation, and using the right technique in the right scenario that I have given you in this podcast or in this video, depending on how you're watching it, is going to be key. But that sort of draws everything to a close. And um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I'm getting a bunch of feedback in a bunch of different ways, but I would really love to hear if you are listening to this. Shoot me a message on Twitter, shoot me a message on Instagram, maybe you can find my email. All of the links will be in the description, including the links to where you can find the podcast and where you can find the YouTube channel. So the last piece of content I did on YouTube was to do with the Q&A with a guy called Bloom and that's done really, really well. So I hope that's gonna be a really good one. I'm gonna be looking to um, develop better YouTube content that's, that's more video friendly, that's not just necessarily a podcast that's been filmed. Um, but obviously, the way my content will work is there will be um, one on the weekend, one on the Wednesday. And the one on the Wednesday tends to be someone by myself. I think that's the best way to do it is by myself and potentially is more educational. And then the one on the weekend is going to have someone else in that gets a new opinion, that gets a bunch of different views. And we talk about a bunch of different things. So I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope that's going to be a good way to deal with the content. And I will see you next time.